The Greek hero Achilles is the central character of Homer's epic poem, the Iliad. He is the greatest and fastest hero on the Greek side during the Trojan War, and he chooses to go to war rather than enjoy a long and peaceful life at home, despite the fact that it is prophesied that he will die in battle. Achilles has been popularly portrayed in the modern Western tradition as an undefeatable warrior, a beautiful, young, fearless fighter, and also as Achilles the lover. His relationship with his friend Patroclus, which Homer depicts as a deep and meaningful one, is a key element of the myths associated with the Trojan War. It is the death of Patroclus in battle that spurs a wary Achilles into action and ultimately leads to Achilles' own death as prophesied. From the 5th and 4th centuries, the relationship between Achilles and Patroclus was sometimes depicted as one of overt homosexual love, and from then until now, retellings of the myth of Achilles have sometimes chosen to concentrate on this aspect of the story and sometimes not. I'd like to find out more, and I've been joined here by the Open University classicists, Dr. Elton Barker and Dr. Anastasia Bacognani. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Hello. So it seems to me that with Achilles in particular, what's not mentioned in popular culture retelling seems particularly revealing of our own changing cultural mores. Anastasia, do you find it fascinating to reflect on what we leave out when we reinvent our own Achilles? Absolutely. I thought it was very interesting that in the 2004 film, Troy, they were very careful to make the relationship between Achilles and Patroclus um, a sort of a familiar one. So he is a, a younger cousin, I yeah, think. Um, so it's, it's very much Achilles is teaching him how to be a man, how to be a warrior. Uh, so they were very careful to leave that out. So do you think the Hollywood producers thought that the audiences weren't ready for this? Or um, I think that's probably the case. Strange. I mean, it's very interesting because we also had Alexander about the same time uh, when there's supposed to be a homosexual element to the relationship between him and Hephaestion. But all we actually see is a hug uh, between two men. And that's as far as even that film goes, which I thought was very interesting. Are there uh, other popular retellings that really have emphasised that relationship? You know, I've actually just come across this new novel by Madeleine Miller called The Song of Achilles, which is actually playing up the love between Achilles and Patroclus. But it is very interesting that that's the selling point of the book, that it is supposed to be a homosexual love story. So what do you think this says about the sort of um, the cultural mores, the, the fact that this is still such an issue that some of these retellings emphasise it and some don't? I think it's still a very sensitive issue. And being Greek myself, I have the experience of the sort of the modern Greek uh, context. And when we were at school, we certainly were not taught. It was never even suggested that there might be any love interest between Patroclus and Achilles. The whole point is that it was presented as this wonderful male friendship between two warriors. Uh, No subtext there at all. At least that was what we were taught. And it's certainly an element that is silenced in in modern Greek culture, I think. This is very surprising, isn't it, considering the Elton, the, you know, the context in ancient Greece where this wasn't an issue. That's right. Um, 
And what struck me about maybe modern representation, such as the Troy film, is that it had to change the relationship between Patroclus and uh, Achilles and make them cousins because they were very uncomfortable with the idea that men could have a close relationship. Now, of course, that doesn't have to be sexual. From my perspective, I would like to see the relationship between Achilles and Patroclus, at least in the Iliad, much more like one between Hamlet and Horatio in in Hamlet, rather than thinking of Achilles as some kind of Captain Jack out of Torchwood. You know, that, that overt sexuality of Achilles isn't really emphasised in the Iliad at all. But, of course, you can read it into it. Mm-hmm. And as Lucia has mentioned, the, this new book, you know, The Song of Achilles by Madeleine Miller, and that makes... That brings the, this love interest between them you know, right to the centre of the tale. So you're saying the subtleness of the whole relationship in all its dimensions. Exactly, exactly. And we have to kind of sexualise that. And we can't, do, we can't uh, talk about a close relationship between men without being sexual now, almost. Or if, we, if we don't want to imply homosexuality, then we don't do that close relationship at all. So, Elton, when have there been portrayals of the myth showing the overt homosexual relationship, the erotic aspect? Well, there are certainly um, tales in uh, ancient Greek itself, other tales contemporary to the, the Iliad that we have. Uh, there's a good story of, for example, Achilles hiding, you know, cross-dressing as a woman, um, trying to avoid the call-up as it were, to, to the Trojan War. And there's also a play by Aeschylus, the Athenian tragedian. His one portrayal of Achilles on stage in a play called The Myrmidons emphasises his relationship, this homosexual relationship between Achilles and Patroclus. So there was more awareness then than there is now of being able to tell the whole story? Of course, of course. And, and that, that that's really my, would be my point with the Iliad, that, that Homer chooses not to kind of make a big deal of it, that's not really the concerns of his story. But it's not because he would be afraid of talking about homosexuality. There are lots of um, evidence, uh, both in epic tales uh, and also in pots. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots and lots of pots of men engaged in homosexual activity, including including mythical activity. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Achilles and Uh, Patroclus. Yes. I mean, and that would have been the popular culture of its day, wouldn't it? Because these images were widely distributed. So... the homosexual relationship was there out in the open, if you like, um, in antiquity. It's perhaps later on that it got silenced. So Achilles is a very complex character as originally written about. Other subtleties and things that you think that we've lost in the in the modern retellings? Well, Other things have been emptied out, if you exactly, like? Exactly. Precisely because we tend to sexualise this, this tale, we lose, I think, um, one of the main impacts of, of the Iliad. Yeah, you know, the whole backstory behind the Iliad, you know, the Troy story is about the um, Greeks versus the Trojans, and it's all about getting Helen back. But that's not how the Iliad begins. The Iliad begins not with conflict between us and them, Greeks versus Trojans. The Iliad begins with conflict between ourselves, among the Greeks. And it doesn't start with a battlefield scene, as you would have imagined, you know, a great epic would be about us versus them and a big battle before Troy. That's not where it starts. It starts with an assembly scene. It starts with an assembly that Achilles calls. And so what I would suggest these modern retellings tend to miss is the politics of the Iliad. Achilles challenging the king Agamemnon, establishing the the assembly as a place where you can speak and speak freely, no matter if what you have to say is going to upset the king. And it's about social justice. He talks about how, you know, he's done all this fighting and he deserves credit for that and and has been recognised by the community. And it's wrong that Agamemnon is there getting all this booty and stuff without doing anything. 
And of course, these issues of being able to speak freely in an assembly, uh, the issues of social justice, these are issues, of course, that are highly resonant for today's culture, both in the West, but also, as you see, with the Arab Spring. So are you saying it's quite interesting that they're not brought up for that reason? Perhaps they should be if they're resonant. Yeah, and we tend to flatten out. So we, we want... We want a story to be simple. There's one way of telling the story that's going on in the Middle East or the, the riots, you know, for example, in London over the summer. You know, we, we get fixated on a particular story and we have a fixation on a particular story of the Iliad and we lose a lot of what else is happening, actually, in the text. Anastasia, certainly it seems every period champions a hero for its own reasons. It's Achilles, is the Achilles of that moment. But would you say that some of the darker aspects or the more subtle aspects have given way in popular culture to lighter ones? Um, um, you know, was this something that you, you've noticed? Absolutely. I agree with Alton. I think that if it's, this is a highly complex epic. And, you know, as classicists, that is what we enjoy, as picking the different strands apart. And it is interesting that in popular culture, we tend, you know, there's a tendency to cut those out. I'm always fascinated by Achilles' anger that he chooses to take himself out of battle, even though he knows that that will mean the death of many of his comrades and friends. Of course, he doesn't count on Patroclus being killed because uh, he assumes that Patroclus will also take himself out of battle. So uh, that is, uh, to me, sort of fascinating. And from the modern Greek perspective, we always, at least the school, were taught to take the side of the Greeks, of course, as the glorious ancestors and sort of um, downplay any of you know, the, the darker aspects of the heroes to make them sort of more straightforwardly heroic. Um, so I think our very idea of what a hero is has changed so much over the centuries uh, that we sometimes apply the wrong kind of label to these ancient characters. What we see here is that these heroes are actually very complex and they're not simplistic figures at all. And Achilles, paradigmatically, is a complex character and ruminates on his own mortality because, as you say, he's, he knows he's going to die if he stays there at Troy. Um, he has this very close relationship with Patroclus and um, you have this ironic situation where he starts off calling this assembly at the beginning of the epic to try to save the Greeks and he supports them and their efforts and by the end of that assembly he's cursed them all and says go to hell and you know, I want you all to die because you know, they don't stand up with him against Agamemnon. You mentioned this changing attitude towards the hero. Yeah. So what is it important for us to realise that has happened in that changing definition of the hero? Can you just define a bit more for me how has the... How, I know it's a massive question, but how has the, the notion of the hero changed? Do you want to have a go at that first? Okay. Um, I think the idea is that a lot of societies um, use the classical past because of its tremendous cultural value. Um, they use it to reflect their own values and norms and ideas. Um, um, so almost, you know, by definition, it means that each society will reinvent these heroes, make them in their own image, uh, make them reflect um, what they 
believed to be um, the important elements of the epic. I think because these are such complex characters, this is what is so amazing about them. This can actually be done. These are not black and white figures. They're immensely complex. So that means that each artist can choose which strands they want to pick on. Um, Like, for example, Miller in her novel has chosen to focus particularly on the um, love affair between Achilles and and Patroclus and leave aside other questions. Um, So I think it's very much a matter of choice, um, which is, I think, to some extent at least, determined by our own values and our own ideas about the Homeric epics. And I think there are broader issues at stake here too we live in this soundbite culture we we're constantly told that you know we um that we need to think of things and we have to simplify that Mm -hmm. and and constantly try to get to the you know get to just a a simple idea of what the iliad is about what achilles is about and actually if you look at artistic representations and i'm thinking about modern film Mm -hmm. here too you know you know the the current number one film is tinker taylor soldier spy and this is not an easy film Mm -hmm. these are not easy characters they're actually very complicated and that i think is the, the Really, maybe our challenge as academics is to communicate the complexity of a narrative such as the Iliad and still make it exciting, sexy, something that people really want to read. Because I don't think actually we want simplistic tales. We, We like the challenges. You've said so much about Achilles, but finally, if we're just trying to sum up why Achilles the hero still holds such sway for us and is constantly portrayed and reinvented in print, audio and film over and over again, what for you is the overriding reason in a sentence? Uh, he's challenging. Yes, I see. Um, he's complex. And that seems a perfect place to close. For my part, I've certainly learned a huge amount. Many thanks to our contributors, Anastasia Bakoyani and Elton Barker, for shining the spotlight on a truly remarkable and complex hero. The Open University. For more information, go to www.open.edu/itunesu.